Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today on the fourth episode of the Loveland Libcast is teen librarian Becca. Hi, Becca. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. So today on this very special episode, we are going to kick off the Loveland Libcast YA book club, (laughs) which is uh, piggybacking off of Bookends, which is the actual teen book club that you run. So we're going to take some of those books and you and I will read them and we will utilize the questions you ask at Bookends and we'll talk about these books so that everyone can enjoy them. But before we get to that, I wanted to get to know you just a little bit. You are one of our teen librarians mm-hmm. and you grew up in Loveland, is that right? Yes, I have lived here since 1997, I think. So I moved here when I was pretty young and I went to Truscott Elementary, which is where my son goes now. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then I went to Bill Reed Middle School, um, which is just down the street from the library. We get a lot of their students who come in right after school. It's a couple blocks away. So it's always fun to tell them that I have the same teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and then I went to Loveland High School and Front Range Community College. All right. And then UNC in Greeley. So you are a teen librarian here, mm-hmm. and you run the teen book club, which is called Bookends. How long has that book club been going? So before COVID hit, <laughs> I had um, a program called Book Chat, and it was, I would kind of just ambush teens <laughs> and <laughs> ask them to tell me about a book, because they don't really talk about books that much. So I would just go over and be like, hey, tell me about a book. They would, what? <laughs> what are you doing to me? They would be like, uh, you know, a book that you love, your favorite, a book that you hated, anything. Just tell me about a book. And it just got them to start talking about it. And even the kids who thought they were too tough to read would eventually start telling me about a series they really love. And then some of them would ramble for quite a while. And then I gave them candy. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah. (laughs) You have to bribe them sometimes. So that was how it started. And then once COVID hit, you can't really do that. Right. You can't ambush teens on Zoom. So (laughs) That is trickier to do. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) They don't really hang out on there. Um, So then I started doing this virtually. Um, We only had three so far. We started with Cinder by Marissa Meyer. And that one was cool. It's like a cyborg retelling of Cinderella. And that one's a series. Pretty popular. And then we did They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera, which is heartbreaking. If Uh you want to cry, read that book. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can guess what happens in that. (laughs) They die. But it's so well written that the whole time you're like, oh, I think they're going to make it. Maybe they're like joking for the title. They're they're totally going to get through. Yeah. Spoiler, they die. (laughs) That one is so good. And then our last one was The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Um, And that one's kind of like Knives Out. A billionaire leaves a big inheritance, and the mystery is why, because she's a complete stranger. That was really cool. But yeah, this is our first in-person one. We took a pause for this summer because of the summer learning program, 
And now we're going to try out in person, see how it works. Very cool. I heard that you have some upcoming teen stuff that you'd like to shout out here at the top of this episode. Yeah, Saturday the 25th from 1.30 to 4.30 is the Teen Volunteer Service Project. So for that, it's just drop in. There's no registration necessary. And teens can come in and... This month, we're making masks, decorating masks. All right. So we have a bunch of white ones that they'll just use fabric markers to make super cool. And then we just give those out to any teens who need them for school or whatever. And they get volunteer service hours for that that they can use for school or community service or anything that they need. On Tuesday, the 28th from 4.30 to 5.30 is Tinker Tuesday. There are maker projects that focus on topics like robotics, circuitry, coding, and other innovative technology. Wow, that sounds awesome. It's pretty neat. I'm excited for that one. (laughs) And then on Wednesday, October 6th is Tank, also from 4.30 to 5.30. So everyone just sits around and drinks tea and uses some writing prompts to inspire them and bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. Just get creative and write. Tea's the best beverage for that. I I love some green tea. Yeah. Decaf. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be up too late. (laughs) And then other recurring programs we have are our maker drop-in is the second Saturday of each month. We have a pretty cool makerspace. It has a 3D printer, some robotics. There's a sewing machine, lots of cool stuff. So for that one, teens can just come in and look around, explore what we have, maybe try something out. We have a video game tournament the third Tuesday of each month with prizes. Oh, wow. All right. I know. And the Teen Advisory Board meets the second Tuesday of each month. And Game On is the third Thursday, focusing on role-playing, cooperative play, and board game design. For September, it's D&D. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That stands for Dungeons and And Dragons. And Dragons. That's right. (laughs) Both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get both. Two for one. All right. And if anyone had questions or wanted to learn more about those upcoming events or ongoing programs, what would be the best way for them to reach out or learn more? Our website has all of our events on it on the calendar. So that's pretty handy because you can see which days and times. We also have our library-wide program guide that they can look at. And if they just come into the Teen Hangout they can look around and check it out. Yeah, so you can start at lovelandpubliclibrary.org slash events and otherwise come in, grab a program guide, and learn all about these awesome teen programs and services. And now we are going to get into today's episode, which is all about the bookend teen book club book, Sorcery of Thorns. So you and I read this Mm -hmm. and... We are recording this before Bookends is going to meet, mm-hmm. but It'll so <laughs> air the day after. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is coming out on the Friday the twenty fourth, but Bookends is going to meet on the twenty third. Yes. Okay. So I don't know how it's going to work, but I'll report back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then this will be a monthly uh, yes. book club. Okay. Mm-hmm. The and fourth Thursday of every month. Fourth Thursday of every month, and in October. They will mm-hmm. be reading Harrow Lake by Cat Ellis. That one's a spooky one for October. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, getting leading up to Halloween and October, the spookiest month. They'll be reading Harrow Lake by Cat Ellis. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go secure your copy of Harrow Lake. 
four bookends, you can register online through our website. There's a link on the calendar. And the first few teens who register and come into the teen hangout can get a free copy of the book. For Harrow Lake, I think we have three or four copies. And they're free. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the good. <laughs> no, I like it. Oh. You almost sounded like a ghost. At the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Rundown of that one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you want. Okay. Yeah. In Harrow Lake. The main character's father is a very famous horror movie director. And one day he's attacked in his apartment in the big city. So she's sent to live with her grandma in the town where his most famous slasher movie was shot. There's obsessive fans everywhere. Weird things start happening and she has to escape the town before bad things happen. <laughs> I guess yeah. I haven't, haven't read it yet. <laughs> but it sounds cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. Like a... Like a thriller, maybe yeah. there's some supernatural elements, or maybe mm-hmm. it's just spooky. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that sounds very intriguing. Cool. And then the fourth Thursday, twenty eighth of October, from yes. four thirty to five thirty in the Teen Hangout. That's for teens and tweens, ages eleven through seventeen, or in grades six through twelve. Thank you for that information. So this time around, you and I both read Sorcery of Thorns, and we're gonna start with. These, it'll be spoiler free, and then I will, <laughs> I will give a very obvious. <laughs> we'll spoil it. Yeah, very obvious transition to the other side of spoilers. So some of you, if you're interested in reading this, you may only listen to this first part uh, to get an idea, or maybe we will make you want to read it. But then on the other side, it's all going to be spoilers. But we will be spoiler free for now. Sorcery of Thorns. The author is Margaret Rogerson. This is her sophomore effort, her second book. Enchantment of Ravens was her first one. Is that right? That is correct. An Enchantment of Ravens came out in 2017. Sorcery of Thorns. This one came out in 2019. And she also has a book coming out very soon on October 5th called Vespertine according to her website. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you like this author, you heard about her, want to check her out, she does have one coming out soon. And you want to deliver the back of the book? Yeah. Okay. All sorcerers are evil. Elizabeth has known this as long as she's known anything. Raised as a foundling in one of Ostromir's great libraries, Elizabeth has grown up among the tools of sorcery, magic grimoires that whisper on shelves and rattle beneath iron chains. If provoked, they transform into grotesque monsters of ink and leather. She hopes to become a warden charged with protecting the kingdom from their power. Then, an act of sabotage releases the library's most dangerous grimoire. Elizabeth's desperate intervention implicates her in the crime, and she is torn from her home to face justice in the capital. With no one to turn to but her sworn enemy, the sorcerer Nathaniel Thorne, and his mysterious demonic servant, she finds herself entangled in a centuries-old conspiracy— Not only could the great libraries go up in flames, but the world along with them. As her alliance with Nathaniel grows stronger, Elizabeth starts to question everything she's been taught. About sorcerers, about the libraries she loves, even about herself. For Elizabeth has a power she has never guessed, and a future she could never have imagined. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. Solid. Yeah. So in this world, this is a fantasy YA book, and it is a world where there are these libraries, and they house uh, grimoires, which are 
alive. Yes. <laughs> and they they're they're kind of classified certain ways, I guess based on like danger level. Yeah, danger level. Yeah. And it also seems so like a 10 is the most dangerous mm-hmm. and a 1 is not dangerous at <laughs> like all. Like tying your shoes or something. <laughs> yeah. And the the one the like lower ones also seem to not interact as much. It kind of felt like Yeah, they might like whisper yeah yeah they're they're not they don't seem to be maybe that's what makes them dangerous i don't know but there's yeah so this world has these libraries that house these grimoires full of magic there are people who can do magic and sorcerers yeah the the sorcerers and they're all their magic kind of comes from these demon yes (laughs) they're demon servants yeah and then there's also like so that so it's it is it's that kind of fantasy. I guess that's like high fantasy. I guess what they call it, where yeah. there's like a lot of magic. I always associate that with elves for some reason. Yeah. There are no elves. In there this, are no elves. But... That, and that's not a spoiler. That's just the facts. <laughs> there are no elves. <laughs> and there's the librarians who it's very action packed. They have to protect the grimoires and fight them when they turn evil. Yeah, the grimoires have the ability or like if they're unleashed or they're not locked down with salt and iron seems to be the stuff <laughs> that, yeah. yeah that really kind of keeps them under wraps and from getting in the hands of like potential like dangerous sorcerers or yeah. someone who would use them for evil bad <laughs> yeah for bad <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 basically kind of the world we're looking at there there are a handful of main characters, really kind of three in this book. Elizabeth yeah. is the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she wants to work her way through the libraries, which have kind of like yes. you... There's a hierarchy. Yeah. It sounded like you kind of started as a middle schooler almost, is when you would start working there. Yes. But um, she was an orphan who was taken in earlier than usual. So she grew up in the libraries. Yeah. So she she wasn't part of this sort of, I don't know, boarding school internship system. And then, yeah, there's there's sorcerers uh, who are they almost seem like to be kind of the upper class. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Bougie. Yeah. And they so there's this there's this kind of tension between the libraries, the librarians and sorcerers. Um, and because the sorcerers have these sort of demon servants and that's where their magic comes from and the librarians are because the grimoires are also part of this kind of demon magic yeah so so that's that's where a lot of the tension is in this world why is this so hard to describe all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) well without being spoilery that's that's kind of so if those things appeal to you if that kind of that level of fantasy those that kind of world someone growing up in this library world where like the books are alive and full of magic this is the book for you yes um and you want to start with your spoiler free uh recommendation yes first of all i was so thankful that a book finally nailed our profession that's right as a librarian (laughs) yeah lots of sword fighting (laughs) magic yeah i really saw myself in this (laughs) (laughs) yes i gave it four stars I love that it's bookish. It had kind of a Victorian vibe, I thought. Did you get that? Yeah. And just for clarification, this is out of 10 stars. Is it? No, I'm just (laughs) being a jerk. (laughs) 
I liked it more than four out of six. Is yours four out of five? Four out of five. Okay. Sorry, I should have clarified. Oh, that. no, that's. I'm yeah. used to Goodreads. Oh, okay. Well, we can, yeah. Goodreads is live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did get, we can get into this after. Yes. But yeah, there is, there is kind of Victorian, like there's, there's not, there aren't computers. Yeah. There is gears and stuff. Kind and of there's steampunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Steampunky. Yeah. I liked that. I love romance. I liked that it was imaginative. I obviously like that there's libraries. I kind of like libraries. <laughs> um, it took me a few chapters to get sucked in, but once I did, I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty quick read. I agree. So I listened to the audiobook for maybe the first third mm-hmm. of it. And then I read the the final two thirds of it. So I had a kind of an interesting experience of hearing hearing the audiobook, you know, hearing someone read as all the characters and that that can just be kind of a different experience. I would may if we're, if we're doing the star system, yeah. I'd, I'd probably give this like a three and a half oh. out of out of five. Um, but Obviously, I'm not really the, <laughs> yeah. the audience. If for like a teen, I would say this is you should definitely check there. this out. Yeah. yeah, it is a page turner like you. It did take me a little bit to get kind of sucked into it. Yeah, lots um, of background toward the beginning. Yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of world establishing at the beginning. But then one thing I thought that was done really well was kind of that page turner like chapters ending on like oh well I, I oh, wanna... it's a cliffhanger yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah those kind of cliffhangers and it is it is just kind of a fun fun ride the world building isn't so much where you're what's going on or who is yeah. this person now or like what's right. their relationship with this thing so it doesn't have that kind of confusion some of it i'm not a romance person <laughs> maybe that's where the half got ticked off uh but that that's definitely in there and yeah, it has it has good momentum. Once mm-hmm. once you do get sucked in, it's going to carry you all the way through. Uh, has yeah, and it's in, as far to, as adventure goes, um, yeah. chock full of adventure. Lots of it. <laughs> yeah. So I I think it's safe to say that we both recommend this one. Yeah, if you like books and adventure and fantasy. Yeah, if you're looking for a why fantasy that you can pick up and just get into and have a fun adventure. Yeah. yeah this go for this it. one's for you. So that is our spoiler-free recommendation. And now we can <laughs> we can head into the spoiler yeah. zone. Spoiler zone. So now that we're in the spoiler zone, we're gonna be spoiling this and we're gonna jump into five questions about this title, about Sorcery of Thorns. These questions are pulled from bookends. Questions yes. that you will be asking. So we just mm-hmm. pick five and we will use these to discuss this title. Um, yes. We already told you we both recommend this, especially for teens, tweens, or people who just enjoy YA fantasy and want a good kind of adventurous page turner. Yeah. So I'll read the first one to you. Yeah. And you can answer it. And then I, I'll i also answer and then you can read the second one to me. Well, back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So our first question, do you think it would be worth making a contract with a demon to have magic? So (laughs) (laughs) it made it seem like the only drawbacks are losing years of your life and getting some judgment from the rest of society. 
but you still don't know when you're going to die. So I guess, I don't, it's just a shorter life, but would you live more boldly (laughs) knowing that you have a shorter life? So it could be longer and boring or it could be shorter and you're like, oh, I only have so much time. I got to live it. Yeah. Also, Silas cooks, cleans, and runs errands. <laughs> so that's like 10 years of your life yeah. anyway that you're saving time on. Yeah. And he beats people up if you need him to. Yes. <laughs> or demons. <laughs> He'll kill him. Yeah. And I feel like Silas was not the best example of the bargain because he cared about Nathaniel and they made it seem like your demon's always trying to kill you. Yeah. But he wasn't. He was just a chill dude. Yeah. He was there to help out. He did a real, I don't actually care. Yeah. He he really put on a facade of- You can't trust me. Yeah. He's very Edward. Yeah. I'm a demon and I'll eat you. (laughs) I'll kill you. Yeah. (laughs) You want some lunch? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He like learned to make food and tea, even though like demons can't taste food. He doesn't want it. And through their whole relationship, like his whole relationship with the thorns, he was just protecting them. Yeah. Even when they died, he was still protecting Nathaniel. Yeah. And that that was where a lot like this is a standalone book. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not a song of ice and fire where it's (laughs) Keeps going. Five million pages, and it it's building all of these rules, and kind of learn this stuff, and then it don't question exactly. You just (laughs) move on. You're just like, okay, they they sign this contract. So that's where they made a bit of a joke at it at one point because they did it. This is where it just doesn't matter. So you can summon you summon a demon if you know their real name. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a classic. Yeah, it's a very kind of reverse Rumpelstiltskin (laughs) situation here. And at one point, Silas gets. He dies in the world, and so they're resummoning him, and they they do a double. They both go in on this. Nathaniel, the the heartthrob love interest, is like, <laughs> "I'll give you twenty years," and Elizabeth mm-hmm. is like, "And I'll throw in ten. Yeah. And then she asks Silas, "Like, well, what does that mean?" And he's basically he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, yeah. so it really, it yeah. Why wouldn't you want that? Because you don't. What right. if you were going to live to be 100, and yeah. that means you just could be 80, but right. you get magic the whole time. Yeah. And like, you get a really cool butler. life. Yeah. yeah. And he can like turn into a cat. He can, yeah. yeah. He's like always there. Yeah. And it really, even the bad guy, Ashcroft, his, what was his demon's name? Like Lorelai? I can't remember. Um, but she was also super chill. Yeah. And it was like. Just took it, care of him. Yeah. Even, even though Silas was, he was, he really was kind of a butler friend ninja. <laughs> um, the bad guy's demon that you get to meet a little bit. She, she was like my snarky buddy. Who, yeah. Like, <laughs> like She'll give you some sass if yeah. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. other than that, she's just there. Yeah. So you get, it's a really good deal. You get, you get a friend who does stuff with you. <laughs> and they can't leave. Yeah. They can't leave. They're forced to be your friend. Yeah. They're kind they're kind of like a genie. And then you also get to do magic. And in this world, magic is super powerful. Like yeah. you can do all kinds like Nathaniel like turnt made statues come alive at one point. Yeah. He'll have nightmares and the whole town will get covered in snow. Right. Yeah. From a dream. Yeah. So this is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Yes. That's a big <laughs> yes from both of us. <laughs> How did you feel about the romance? Did it add to the story? Okay. So I <laughs> and I picked these from you had a bunch of questions yeah, for bookends. And so I just picked five that I thought would be fun yeah. to talk about. 
Uh, I don't really like romance as a reader. <laughs> um, I have read my fair share of YA. It's not always something. Well, it is always something. It's it's pretty it's pretty much always in YA. It is my experience. Um, and it, especially the most popular YA has an element of romance in it. So I listened to the audiobook for the first third and then switched over to reading. And I think for YA, a lesson I've learned is maybe just don't <laughs> listen to the audiobook because I find I find the the romance worse when I listen to the audiobook. And so starting this off, I was like, I already don't like this, Nathaniel. <laughs> um, I do think it was it did add to the story but twist on my answer i think the the love between nathaniel and silas was the thing that really made the story kind of unique because because there was the demons are supposed to just kind of they're just using humans like demons i guess live forever yeah and they're they're actually from the other world yeah Yeah, or Mm -hmm. something and so when they manifest themselves in the sorcery of thorns human world they can only kind of be banished so if you kill one it just goes to the other world right they're not Uh, dead dead yeah and so nathaniel's family just like silas has been their demon i guess for a long time recycled yeah he's like a hand-me-down demon (laughs) um and and there are there are levels to the demons. The demons like Silas, who can talk and are very They're very, a lot more like humans. Yeah, they're a lot more like humans, but they're immortal and they have this magic and so they're super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so Silas being like he's supposed to just basically be exploiting this human because they don't care if they have magic. It doesn't matter to yeah. them. But they they do kind of love each other and they have this like... No, they, they don't. Ask Silas. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he does not love him. <laughs> don't tell Silas, but he he's totally... totally yeah. And they, they just have this familial bond mm-hmm. that I thought was, was kind of... That really did kind of add to the story. I could kind of take or leave Elizabeth and Nathaniel. I, I think one thing I don't like about it, about... Why romance? I mean, it's not it's not for me. It's not written for me. <laughs> or, but just the fact that you can see it coming a million, uh, yeah. it's like very transparent. Yeah, it's always just okay. We're in the first fifty pages. Oh, someone she met a man. Yeah, oh. and he turned around, and he's really hot. And <laughs> gee, I wonder where this is going. <laughs> um, and then there, yeah, there's just snarky sassy i guess nathaniel's is not for me (laughs) he's kind of kind of a jerk cocky yeah he's very cocky and he's if he didn't have magic (laughs) yeah like what he would what would he be doing yeah they wouldn't have met she kind of has these innate abilities because she's was born yeah raised in the library she got the grimoires magic yeah she gets a sword and she's immediately awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and and she can resist magic. Mm-hmm. She she's not circumstantially cool. Yeah, and he's just sort of only like cool because he's magic. Yeah, well, they, there's sad background to him, but as mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, I yeah. don't know. You got your demon dude, and you seem to be doing for you have an awesome house that yeah, like protects rich you and powerful and heals you. Yeah, so that's my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love romance (laughs) so much so i really enjoyed it that aspect of it but i don't think it added to the story it seemed like they would have 
teamed up either way. That kind of added to it and nudged them toward each other. But I just don't think it enhanced it at all, other than me loving it. So I was like, all right, (laughs) throw a little more of what I like into this story. I like what you said about Silas and Nathaniel, though. I think that was really important. It's more about friendship than romance. Yeah, like you could have replaced Nathaniel with anyone. Yeah. And they could have had this kind of adventure together and like done these things. And they didn't need to fall in love. Yeah. Um, So several aspects of the story were reminiscent of Harry Potter. The scrying mirror, statues fighting in the final battle, ghosts of loved ones, images of deepest fears. Did you notice any others? Do you think the author took her ideas from Harry Potter, or are there just no original ideas? I think that most stories have aspects taken from others, like Harry Potter has some taken from Lord of the Rings, giant spiders and all that. And I don't know. I was originally annoyed that there were some things that seemed straight out of Harry Potter, but I kind of think there's just no original ideas. I think it's all recycled from something, and you could find any aspect, especially in YA. I love YA so much, but it's very tropey, and a lot of the time, it's not very original. There are some, for sure, that are very imaginative, and there are aspects of this that I thought were pretty cool that I haven't seen in other books, and I read a ton of YA, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I think there's just not a lot of original ideas. Yeah, I I felt similarly. It's I mean, you would really have to almost intentionally write a YA fantasy and build it specifically to not be Harry Potter. Like you'd have to go into it saying, I'm going to blow this out of the water and like change what you think. And that, I don't know anything about this, but that seems like a publisher might just be like, why don't you just do something that's (laughs) kind of like Harry Potter? People love it. So stick with it. Yeah. And so it is kind of, yeah, it's, it's hard not to just be like, oh, they're, you know, kids who are like in a library school and you know, there, there are no parents around. It's these teachers and (laughs) And there's magic. Yeah. And there's, and there's magic and yeah, that there's magical tools they're using and you know, they're creating this world that seems super fun mostly because there's yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's undeniable to read it and be like, Oh, that reminds me of Harry Potter. Um, yeah. That's just impossible. I think this book it either wasn't prevalent enough that it bothered me or it just was different enough where I wasn't, I'm just reading a Harry Potter knockoff. Like this is yeah. <laughs> clearly just meant to be a Harry Potter. I didn't feel that way at all about this one. Um, yeah. Saw those similarities, but I was not bothered by them. And knowing that it's a one-off, like this yeah. is in a series, it's more about the adventure itself yeah. and the relationships than the small aspects exactly. that are the same. Yeah, than consistencies between like, oh, this spell does this thing. Or yeah. Whatever, so. <laughs> I don't know why I did that voice for <laughs> <laughs> <I like it. laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the grimoires? Would you want to read one? And which one was your favorite? The one that stands out to me is the Book of Eyes. Um, that was just one of those when Margaret Rogerson, the author, described it. It was it was one of those that I was just thinking about this gross, there's yeah. eyeballs. And then that was the first one that got loose and grew and became a monster was running around. So that, that probably is my favorite and stood out the most because it was early on and it was 
one of the unique things about this book is this idea of these grimoires that are alive and they contain magic and sorcerers created them. And so they have, you know, rituals and spells or whatever inside. But it was cool to think of this creepy, gross book. Yeah. And then it becomes a monster. I guess I would want to read one. I don't know. It seems like they can, <laughs> bad things can happen to you if you try. Yeah, how about you? I like that they have their own personalities. I thought that was neat. I would want to read a class one about something like gardening. Because <laughs> I do learn cool stuff, but it's safe. My favorite one, I don't know if it was a grimoire. It was in like the forbidden section and it showed all of her worst fears. Oh, I assumed it, would, it like, was. like manifest the people yeah. in the mist? Yeah, okay. I assumed that was a grimoire because all the other crazy illusions were from one. I liked that one. There's a Sarah J. Mass book with a mirror kind of like that where you see all the worst aspects of yourself and she like does it. She's the only person to ever get through the whole thing. And then she comes out just so strong and cool and she can do anything. So the Batman treatment, <laughs> you see what you're scared of. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can do anything. So the fifth and final question for Sorcery of Thorns. Standalone fantasy books are fairly rare. Do you think Rogerson did the ending justice or do you wish she had made it a series? I like that it's a standalone. Um, I think the relationships had closure. The conflicts were resolved. Silas did come back, but I think it showed a glimpse of their little future together. And it left enough to the imagination for you to think like, oh, where would this go? But it wrapped it up and had a happy ending. And I think too many series, especially in fantasy, drag out the story. Cassandra Clare does this. A lot. And it drives me insane. She has a series that has nine books in it, I think. The City of Bones series. And then she has spinoffs that also have multiple books. And I read the City of Bones series all at once. And I was so sick of it by the end. Because they just come up with really absurd plots. And you're like, I can tell you just want money. So <laughs> you're going to keep coming out with these. And I don't even care about these characters anymore because you've made them caricatures of who they were in the first one. Yeah, there are definitely things usually outstay their welcome yeah. past the point of being enjoyable or what made them fun or unique or interesting to begin with. Um, so I, I, I felt similarly. I thought that the ending does, because it, it basically ends with, They've been trying to bring Silas back. So he kind of sacrificed himself to get rid of the Archon demon, Archon yeah. demon. Um, <laughs> the bad guy. The, yeah, the Archie demon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this, it was very kind of Aladdin. She she released him. Freed the genie. Yeah, she freed the genie. She freed Silas. She used his Rumpelstiltskin name. <laughs> and, and so he no longer was bound to serving humans i guess but he used that to fight back the grand scary final demon. boss yeah the final boss demon that the bad guy summoned and then so it kind of alludes to they'd been trying to see if they could reach silas in the other world yeah and bring him back and so it did kind of end on this the story is go whether the author writes another one or not the story is kind of continuing Yes. For you. Because they tried to summon him back with his demon name, and that's why they kept failing. Yeah. So then they use Silas, which is what the humans call him, and it works. But I think Margaret Robertson is, like, pretty firm in standalone. 
Yeah. I don't know. You never know. And and I think that works well for this book specifically for Sorcery of Thorns because there is a little bit of that element of world building, but it's not you don't have to understand every little thing and like, wait, yeah. well, how do demons do this? Or it doesn't matter because it's about the characters and the stories and that the story. And that is what for me was was fun about it. And so I didn't need to be like, I, if I don't understand the mechanisms of yeah. this world, then I'm not going to like it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, it wrapped up in a fun. Well, not fun for them, but <laughs> the, there was a lot at stake for everyone and the world. And there was kind of a cool, the bad guy had, it was a mystery as to why he was doing yeah. the things he was doing, why he was kind of sabotaging these libraries. But yeah, it was a payoff because it was, oh, this was his plan and this is right. backfiring. And-, and like if there was a second one, they would have to create an entirely new conflict because yeah. this one... They got it. Yeah. <laughs> they won. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with these being with these being one-offs too. This was a fun read. I would recommend it for people who like YA and it does like you're saying there are those tropes in it. If those don't bother you or that's why you like reading YA cuz it's cuz that's that's <laughs> I do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that and that is that's totally with a genre like this, those are things that that make it fun and I thought there were some things that bugged me. I don't like fake out deaths. I hate them. So Silas kind of bugged me. I loved him as a character. But like the, oh no, he died. My life is ruined. And then I would be like, so sad about it. Yeah. And then they're like, just kidding. <laughs> right. Let's go get him from the basement. He's, he'll come back. Yeah. I didn't like that. And the fact that Elizabeth, I loved that she was a tall heroine. They're usually short. And I'm tall. I'm 5'10". So I can't relate to those. I'm not a cute little <laughs> little warrior. Um, but it bugged me that she's supposed to be like super strong and hardcore. Yeah, she she is the action hero of yes. the story. Uh-huh. Nathaniel relies on his magic. She's she, she's got her wits and strength. Yeah, wits and strength, and she's bringing a sword. So, yes. Yeah. But she faints all the time. <laughs> so it's like they're trying to make her look really strong and really damsel in distress that needs Nathaniel to save her at the same time. Right. And I think that she was way cooler than needing a man to save her all the time. But I liked it overall. That sounded really negative. <laughs> <laughs> I like the characters. I love a gray character. I think it makes things so much better because everyone is gray. Yeah, Silas was, for me, he was kind of the most interesting character because yeah. he was mysterious. He, he had right. a different kind of code of that's allowable (laughs) yeah he was motivated by different things but he was also turned out to be sensitive and helpful loving yeah loving and caring about people and that was an interesting twist on someone and so he was a bit unpredictable in that way Mm -hmm. or hard to figure out yeah and it was very tropey but i like that i feel like especially right now I love a good trope because it's predictable and you know what's going to happen. And the world right now is chaos. <laughs> I don't know what's happening ever. And it's so hard to know what's going to happen in the near future because there's constant change. So having a story that I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen, but I know I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great to me. Yeah, it is very, you pick this up, YA fantasy adventure. That's exactly what you're going to get. 
All right. So thank you, Becca, for being here. Thank you um, for having me. Hopefully we are able to read some more YA together in the future, mm-hmm. uh, potentially November. And do you know the November title? Yes. November is The Selection by Kira Cass. It's a dystopian romance. There's a caste system based on wealth. And the prince is looking for a bride. It makes it sound creepy, but he's <laughs> he's looking for a lady. And they always are. <laughs> it's like a Hunger Games situation where all these women from all over apply for it, and then they're selected. Oh. And this group that's selected goes to the castle, and it's then it turns to the bachelor. Meanwhile, the main character does not like that. She has a secret boyfriend at home and she's like, no, thank you. And she's the only like real one who isn't there to marry a prince and have a luxurious life. She wants to get out of there and fix things. All right. Hunger Games meets The Bachelor (laughs) in a dystopian future. (laughs) A little bit everything. Yeah. Well, that's the November one. And just one more time, the October one is Harrow Lake by Cat Ellis, and the fourth Thursday of October is the 28th. So if you're a 11 through 17 or grade 6 through 12, read that one. You're in for a spooky time, and then you can meet <laughs> at bookends to talk about it and answer questions like the ones that we asked and answered today. Also, the first few people to register online and then come into the library get a free copy of the book we have three or four for harrow lake all right that takes us to the end of this fourth episode of the loveland libcast i want to thank becca again for being here so thank you <laughs> thanks for having me yeah you're it was welcome a lot of fun. yeah i had a lot of fun too i enjoyed reading sorcery of thorns <laughs> with you <laughs> and thank you all for listening and i will talk to you next time on the loveland libcast bye see you next time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to the host, Daniel Tate, at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.